You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. You're welcome. You are welcome. The Lord is good. I just want to share a few um, a few thoughts with you this morning. Um, as I was praying, it it just dawned on me that um, in view of the age that we're living in, um, one of the things that characterizes this age, according to according to Jesus, and according to other. Apostle Paul and and so on is that one of the things that characterizes our age is deception. Deception. So I feel that um, you need to be equipped <laughs> to discern. Huh? Yeah, because if, if one of the signs of the last days, according to Jesus, is that there's going to be deception, then it would be necessary for us to be equipped to discern, to spot deception when you see it. Don't you think so? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's start. I want to share with you on what I call discerning contemporary deception. But um, to do it justice, it would have to be a series. But I don't know if I should do a series. <laughs> um, but let's start and see. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you this morning. Thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth. I ask that you would help us this morning unveil, reveal the truth. Unveil deception to us, O oh God. Let not one of us be deceived. Those here and those that will be listening, let the spirit of truth prevail in our hearts and in our minds. Grant us the necessary tools, Lord God, to navigate this terrain that is full of landmines, landmines of deception, that is full of traps, that is full of um, all sorts. Enable us, O oh Father, to see through this sophistication of satanic deception. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 24. We'll start from there. Matthew 24, reading um, from verse 3. It says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? 
and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. How many people know Jesus is coming soon? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Huh? Some people are not excited about Jesus coming. So it's like, Jesus, just wait. I need to do some things first. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely his, his coming is at hand. Um, so the disciples, they knew because Jesus has told them, I'm going, but I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back for you. I'm going to come back for my church. Right? So the, the, the disciples want Jesus to give them signs. How will we know? Huh? Give us the signs of your coming. And obviously... The end of the age. Because when Jesus comes, he's wrapping up the age. He's coming to wrap up the age. What are we talking about? What age is that? Is when Jesus comes, he's wrapping up the leaves of Adam. Okay? Because God gave Adam the earth. There's a lease period. Okay? Yeah, there's a least period that God gave the earth to Adam. So the coming of Jesus will be to wrap up that. And to, okay, fine, Adam, <laughs> your lease is up. Now a new age begins. Yeah. So the disciples are keen. Why are they keen? Because Jesus has taught them about the kingdom. Jesus has taught them that they are going to rule with him. Okay? They can't wait to sit on their thrones <laughs> with Jesus to rule. In fact, they wanted, they, if left, left to them, it would, should have happened immediately so that immediately they'll be in positions of power and authority. And you can see that from the sons of Zebedee. So it, uh, it, it, it was a question that they were asking because they were really looking forward um, to the physical manifestation of the kingdom of God. So in other words, there's going to come a time that Jesus will establish his kingdom on the earth. All right? That's eschatology. But we are not looking into that. We just want to look at one aspect. When they say, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Then verse 4, look at verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. So what does that mean? The first sign of his coming is deception. All right? The first sign that his coming is at hand, the first sign of the end of the age, Jesus is saying is deception. So the first thing he says, before, before he talks about other things, a lot of times we study 
when we study eschatology, when we study the end times and so on, and there is so much debate about different interpretations and all of that, we're not dealing with that. But many times what happens is that um, people focus on, on um, the spectacular signs. There will be wars, rumors of wars. How many people have heard that? Yeah? Yeah. Nations rising against nations. And those are spectacular signs. But there is the sign of deception. That Jesus, so when Jesus says, take it that no one deceives you, that means that is one of the first things. That is one of the first signs. So, in case you don't know, there is deception already. Hmm? There is deception. Look at, let's, let's skip to verse 24. Hmm? Or let's, let's, let's read verse 23. 23. Verse, uh, it says, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great what? Signs and wonders to do what? To deceive, if possible, even the elect. Ah. So I want you to notice there, there's going to be false Christs. Okay? Jesus is saying one of the things that's going to happen is that there will be false Christs. And many people have taken it to mean that people will come and say, I am Jesus. How many people, you've, yeah, you've thought that. But the devil is smarter than that. For example, there is a false prophet I know. He doesn't say it publicly that he is Christ. As a matter of fact, he has a very, very humble appearance. Very generous man, okay? Very, um, he's a philanthropist, put it that way. But secretly, he tells his disciples that he's Christ. But to the public, in the media, on TV, he says, he doesn't, he doesn't say that. So people, his inner cocos, which is like just a few people, those are the ones he opens up to. And he says, Jesus came and he had his own time. I am the Christ of this generation. You see? So, yeah. But they won't say it openly. So, there will be many Christs. Say, then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets 
will rise and show great, can you see? Great signs and what? Wonders to do what? Deceive, if possible, even the elect. Who are the elect? God's own people. God's chosen people. So, in other words, the fact that you are God's people does not mean that you cannot be deceived. All right? So, Satan's strategy is to deceive God's people. He wants to deceive. He wants to deceive. The great signs and wonders. It's interesting that it uses great to qualify the signs and wonders. That the false prophets <laughs> and the false Christ will perform. So in other words, Satan has some power. Okay? And he is anointing people. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so there is that. And these are some of the signs that Jesus says uh, we will see before the end of time. And he repeats himself a few times in this, ver in this chapter. Look at verse 10. Verse 10, it says, And then many, uh, it says, Many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Then, verse 11, it says, Then many false prophets will rise up. It's interesting that when he talks about false prophets, he uses many. Did you notice that? Yeah, many false prophets will rise up and deceive few. Huh? Deceive many. So many pro false prophets will rise and they will deceive many. They will deceive many. So when there are many... Is that an indication that God is at work? Hmm? No, it doesn't follow. Because many are going to be deceived. Many are going to be deceived. So there'll be many false prophets. That means we've seen a few false prophets popping up here and there. There are many more to come. And all of them, are, you know, have their own uniqueness. They will come and they will deceive many. But none of us will be deceived in Jesus' name. Yeah, none will be deceived. I have noticed a, a particular trend among people that move around those kind of people. And um, we will talk about that sometime. But let's, let's look at... Um, so the point I'm trying to make is that one of the signs of the end 
of the age is deception. And when deception is at work, many will be deceived. And Jesus warned us, be careful that nobody deceives you. Okay, fine. You can be careful that no one deceives you. But do you know you can deceive yourself? <laughs> yeah. No, that's the worst kind of deception. Self-deception is the worst. And I, 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 I'm praying, God, please help me not to, be, not to deceive myself. How? Because remember, deception is a sign of the age we are living in. So you need to understand the different types of deception. And one of the kinds of deception that can creep in without you knowing is self-deception. Nobody is involved. Huh? On your own, you can just sit down and be deceived. Can you imagine that? No false prophet involved. <laughs> because... False prophets have their role to play, and Satan is using that effectively. But I want you to know that there is also self-deception, which he is using. So let's look at a few scriptures to, to help us to, um, to understand the nature of self-deception. And where does it come from? How does it come? How can I deceive myself? How can I just... Wake up and be deceived. Hmm? Let's look at First uh, John chapter one. First John chapter one, and um, we read there verse eight. First John chapter one verse eight. He says, "If we say that we have no sin, we do what." <laughs> We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So can you see? What you say can deceive you. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. You remember when they, um, they brought the woman that was caught in adultery. They brought her to Jesus Master, Rabbi, this is what Moses said. If anyone is caught in adultery, the person must be stoned. And this woman, we caught her red-handed. And we've brought her. All of, here, all of us here are witnesses that she committed adultery. What do you say? The law of Moses says we should stone her. But what do you say? It's interesting they caught her committing adultery alone. Where's the other person? Huh? I don't know. But how can you just catch one person? Why didn't you bring them both? Did he escape? Is he one of them? <laughs> I don't know. The Bible is silent about it. But one thing I know is that you can't commit adultery alone. Correct? 
And Jesus said, He that is without sin, throw the first stone. If you have been so deceived that you believe you don't have a sin, take the stone and throw it. And what happens? The guys, they leave. Everybody leaves. <laughs> so, the Bible is telling us, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. The truth is not in us. So, don't get to a point where you feel. I'm not saying you should be sin conscious. But I'm saying, don't get to the point where you begin to tell yourself, I have no sin. <laughs> Alright? But the, the next verse says, But if we confess our sins, yes, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, don't feel so proud that you feel that I'm great. I don't have any sin. He says, the moment you get to that point, deception is in. And this is self-deception. You are telling, you are deceiving yourself. So deception, self-deception begins with denying sin. Are you getting my point? Yeah. It begins with denying sin. So what is happening now in this age, if you now bring it to some teachings that are flowing around, is that people are being taught that you don't need to repent anymore. Okay? Because the grace of God has covered your past, your present, and your future sins. So in other words, you have no sin. And as a matter of fact, somebody um, was even teaching that the, the, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 does not apply to us. Because it says that that prayer, it says that that prayer was prayed before Jesus went to the cross. That after going to the cross, we don't need to pray that prayer. Why? Because that prayer says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So, he's saying that that prayer is, is making our forgiveness conditional upon us forgiving other people. And it's not relevant because what Jesus did on the cross is not, um, is not conditioned upon our forgiving other people. Somebody say deception. deception. That is the sophistication of deception. And these are best-selling authors. Huh? Jesus said you should pray. If Jesus has changed his mind, will he not tell us? 
Isn't it? Yeah, Jesus said, in this manner, pray. Now, after the resurrection, Jesus met with the disciples. He never said, those things that I said from now on are no more relevant. Did he say that? So they are still relevant. They are still relevant, but some intelligent whatever comes up and comes up with a, with a, a revelation that will bring you in the state of 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. It is going to put people in that state where they say, I don't have any sin. That's deception. Are you getting my point? Sophistication of deception. By the revelation <laughs> from somewhere. And he says, oh, that is grace. I believe in the grace of God, but I don't believe in that version of grace. That version of grace that will build into people huh? a subtle denial of sin is placing people in a state of self-deception. And that's why we find out that Christians can do certain things and they just don't, they don't even, there's no conviction. That's why you can't find pastors living anyhow and there's no conviction. That's why you can have pastors facing trials for things that should not even be mentioned. Are you getting my point? That is why. Why? Because we, the enemy has tactically brought people to a state of self-deception where they will say, I have no sin. Jesus has taken care of my past, present, and future sins. So, in other words, I don't need to repent. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what I do. Come on. Uh, if I sin with my body, it's my body. My body is not going to heaven. Yeah, I've heard that as well. On TV, come on. Yeah, I've heard it on TV. It's not, it's your body that is, if you commit fornication, if you commit adultery, it's not your spirit committing adultery. So when Jesus comes, Jesus is taking your spirit, not your body. Amazing revelation. Deep, huh? Very deep. Very, very deep. There's a scripture in Revelation that talks about the depths of Satan. Let me see if I remember that. The depths of Satan. So some of, that's the origin of some of these teachings. They are part of the depths of Satan. When Jesus was talking to the uh, one of the seven churches. Uh, which one is that? Is, okay, 2.24, Revelation 2.24. Now to you I say, 
and to the rest of Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put you no other burden. So you see, there are the depths of Satan. And these are, these are theological persuasions. Theological, these are doctrines from hell. They are part of the depths of Satan. So every now, every once in a while, Satan will bring out some, some things from his depths. <laughs> Just like we have the depths of God, we have the depths of Satan. Are you getting my point? And you see, the thing about uh, deception is that deception is not, um, is not an outright lie. Okay, let's read it in the NLT. It says, But I also have a message for the rest of you in Tiatira who have not followed this false teaching. Can you see? Deeper truths, as they call them, depths of Satan, actually. I will ask nothing more of you. Can you see? So the so-called deeper truths are actually the depths of Satan. So these, we're living in an age where there is going to be, Satan is going to release. Because uh, he has his own theologians that will cook up these teachings, that will cook up these doctrines. It's interesting, years ago I was listening, there's a man, he's going to be with the Lord now, Derek Prince. And he was talking about how he was conducting deliverance and he was casting out he was casting out a demon from someone. And um, he says, what is your name? And the demon says, uh, I'm a religious spirit. Huh? I am what? A religious spirit. And Derek Prince said, one of the most difficult spirits to identify is a religious spirit. Because that spirit is in church. Okay? That spirit is in church and it has its own doctrines. It has teachings. So religious spirit is in the atmosphere of, you know, come on, hallelujah, praise the Lord, all those things. So, but yeah, those are the spirits that Satan is using to push deception. And you know that some of the people that have come up with some of these this adepts of Satan, actually, some of them have had actual encounters. It's like most of the people that came up with false religions actually had spiritual encounters that led to those religions like, like uh, the, the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Joseph Smith had an encounter with a, with a spirit. I've forgotten the name of that so-called angel that he met. And then um, the founder of Christian Science. <sighs> yeah, a lot of them anyway. So the point is this, there are the depths of Satan. So every now, every once in a while, Satan will bring out some depths. He says, I think, uh, let's modify this. Let's refine this. This is going to apply to this generation. Then he releases it. 
And obviously he will need someone who has a platform to push it. Do you understand? Yeah. So, but then self-deception, anything that is going to make you to deny sin. It's, it's a technology of self-deception. So, be careful that no one deceives you. <laughs> That's why Jesus said that. Be careful that what? No one deceives you. Okay, let's look at another scripture that um, James, let's look at James chapter 1. And um, there's also, there are other ways that self-deception can occur. Um, verse 22 of James chapter 1, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves can you see so when you when you only listen and you don't do the bible is telling us that we'll deceive ourselves so the question now is have we been self-deceived could it be if we're not doing what we know to do if we're not doing if we're not practicing the word of god do you know that we have been self-deceived so the question is this are you practicing what you believe it's easy to point at false prophets <laughs> do you understand it's easy to look at the tv and say hey, that is a false prophet it's easy to hear this person talking and he say, that is a lie. But then, if we are not doers of the word, we have been deceived. You might not deny sin, but if you don't do the word, <laughs> So you can see that every one of us has had a measure of deception. That's just what I'm trying to say. You are quiet. <laughs> huh? You like the truth, right? This is it. The Bible says do this. And you just keep hearing, just keep hearing. I know this, I know this. Self-deception. Shoo! So, not only, self-deception is not only about denying sin. But it is also refusing to do the word. And you keep hearing the word. It's better not to hear at all then you know you are ignorant. Okay? Than to hear and not do.
And that's one thing. That's one of the ways that Satan is going to spread deception. By encouraging Christians, just go to church, don't do whatever you But why is it that we don't do? Because there is also a spirit that will come and tell you, look, you know, he doesn't really mean it like that. Huh? You know, you understand your situation. You don't need to obey that, you see, because, you know, (laughs) all kinds of reasons. Or you're tired, for example. You know, you've had a rough year, you know. The year has been rough. Ah, things have been challenging. Just take it easy on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Come on. So there are different reasons. You, you, I mean, believe me, we have intelligent reasons not to do the word. <laughs> and that's self-deception. <laughs> you don't need a preacher to come and preach you out of doing it. You your flesh will give you reasons not to do it. Come on. Your flesh will give you reasons. For example, the Bible says, hmm? love your enemies. Ha. And you keep hearing that. And of course, an enemy, enemies are in abundance, right? There's no scarcity of enemies. So somebody within your sphere of influence, maybe you are not that person's enemy, but that person is your enemy. You see? And that person makes it a point to destroy you. And Jesus said you should love them. Come on. Hey, man. You need to be wise now. I'm not Jesus. Somebody said that. Somebody said that. Yeah, that, that, that's Jesus. Me, I'm not, I'm not Jesus. Just leave Jesus out of this. Let me handle it my way. That's self-deception. Somebody once said, Bible aside. Let's be real now. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm talking about. So, yes, I know this is what the Bible says, but put it aside. We'll come back to the Bible later. Yeah. Let me sort this thing out. My way. Come on. (laughs) Self-deception. The Bible says that you shouldn't bear you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't bear unforgiveness if you know what she did to me since I was a baby (laughs) my stepmother she has been like this like this God knows all of that but he said forgive huh You know that, but you refuse to forgive. What have you done? You have deceived yourself. And yet you are praying. And you are trying to go to heaven. I was told, I mean, I've heard different people that went to hell and saw Christians there. Most of the Christians in hell are there because of unforgiveness. 
Can you imagine that? How can you go through all of this, you know, serving God, you say no to sin, you say no to Satan, and then you end up in hell, all because of unforgiveness. You see, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But many people are living like that. So that means, if you look at what Jesus said, Jesus said, one of the signs of the end times is that there's going to be a lot of offense. He says, many will betray one another. In, 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 in Matthew 24, where we read? Huh? Many will betray one another. Many will be offended. So that means there's going to be a lot of unforgiveness. And there'll be a lot of self-deception. So be careful that no one deceives you. Be a doer of the word. You know, the Bible says that we should, we should make disciples of all nations. We should, we should reach the lost, right? But we don't do it. And we have excuses for that. That's self-deception. You know, you just, you just, as long as I'm going to church and, uh, you know, I'm involved in church, I don't need to reach the lost. You, you are deceived. You are deceived. So, the point I'm trying to say is that we're living, not only are we living in an age of deception, we have also been deceived. So, Lord, please deliver me from deception, especially self-deception. I don't want to deceive myself. I don't want to lie to myself. Okay? Hmm? So, what are we going to do about it? Let's, uh, let's read on. Let's read on James 20. One, uh, verse 23, he says, If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. Yes? For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. Sure, that's bad. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Can you see that? All right, let's not dwell there. Let's read on. He says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. You... So, that's another angle to self-deception. So, he's saying, okay, fine. If you're not doing the word, you are deceiving yourself. But now, if you don't bridle your tongue, you just allow your tongue to wag up and down, just say whatever, everything, anything. At his, and you think you're spiritual. Oh my goodness, you are deceiving yourself. You're deceiving your own heart. Do you know it's bad to deceive your heart? Now the heart itself is deceitful. But now you add to the... De <laughs> you... Hmm. 
All right. Let's read it in another, okay? NLT. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Let's read it in Amplified. Hmm? Your religion is worthless. How does the Amplified put it? It says, if anyone thinks himself to be religious, pious, observant of the external duties of his faith, and does not bridle his tongue, but deludes his own heart. Can you see? Please, don't delude your own heart. Don't deceive your heart. Ha! Huh? He says, this person's religious service is worthless, futile, and barren. My God. So, there's no false prophet anywhere. It's just you and your heart. And yet, deception is happening. Can you see the age we are living in? There are many ways to deceive your heart. Hmm? There are many ways to deceive your own heart. For example, your heart, when you hear the word of God, huh? When you hear the word of God, your, the word goes into your spirit. Your spirit man receives it. And your spirit bears witness. Okay? Your spirit bears witness that this is the truth. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. This is truth. You receive it and your heart believes it. Then you now step out and start speaking contrary to that. Your heart is now confused. It's like, but this was true. But what you are saying is contrary. So your heart now gets confused. It gets deceived. And then now your heart is not able to make the right judgment at the critical time. So that's how many people get deceived. So bridle your tongue. All right? Don't speak, don't speak things that are contrary to your conviction. Don't speak things that are contrary to your conviction. If you believe it, then speak it or keep quiet. Speak what you believe. Don't speak what you don't believe. The fact that somebody is saying it and you don't believe it does not mean you should say it. So when you start saying what you shouldn't say, when you start saying things because it's popular opinion, because the media is saying it, but your heart does not believe it, what is happening is that you are deceiving your heart. Because your tongue, the Bible says the tongue is the pen of the ready writer. Huh? Psalm 45 verse 1. So the tongue is the pen of a ready writer. How, what, how do you write with your tongue? When you speak, that's right. So when you speak, your tongue is writing on your heart. If you read the book of Proverbs, it says, write then on the tablets of your heart. You know, he's talking about the word and he says, write it on the tablets of your heart. How do you write it on the tablet of your heart? By speaking. So now what happens is that um, uh, if your pen is the tongue of a ready writer, and you're now speaking, you're speaking, you're speaking. Whatever you are speaking is going to your heart. It's being written on the tablet of your heart. Okay? Now, you believe something. Your spirit bears witness. 
You hear the word and you believe it's truth. You've received it. Then you now start, you put on the radio and the radio, they're talking about certain things. Huh? And then you listen to these people. They're saying this. Then you now start saying it. You know what? You now start overriding what the word has already put on your heart. What your spirit has borne witness to in your heart. You now begin to override it by popular opinion. Because everybody is saying it. Does that make it right? No. doesn't make it right. I don't care who is saying it. Even if it's Oprah Winfrey. She's wrong. Come on. Yeah. So it doesn't matter the celebrity that is saying it. It doesn't matter the president that is saying it. It, it. it doesn't matter the guru that is saying it. If it is not the Bible, it's not the Bible. So now you hear it and it just makes sense. And you start saying it. You start saying it. Then it starts deceiving your heart. Meanwhile, you've already received the truth that has been written on the tablet of your heart. Now you start saying something else. It now begins to counter what has been written on the tablet of your heart. So the, your heart is now saying, what exactly are you saying? What do you want me to believe? You see how deception works? Self-deception. So, you must brittle your tongue. <laughs> That's why the Bible says, he that is, is, um, he, he that is, is perfect in word, he that is able to brittle his tongue, huh? the same is perfect. Hmm? Let, let's, so, that man's religion is useless. Next verse. It says, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans, the widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Ah. The world is polluted. So there are things. Every day you, you step out, there is pollution out there. There are things people say. All these things pollute your spirit. That's why you need the washing of water by the word. That's why the more you read your Bible, I'm telling you, the more you maintain your, you can maintain your sanity in this age that is being bombarded with all, all sorts of, of um, all sorts of philosophies, all sorts of ideologies, hmm? all sorts of thoughts. One person will just pick up a, a debate. Just he would just, you know, um, say something on social media, and you find the thing just starts going viral, <laughs> and people now think that is the truth, huh? So somebody, because the person is a journalist and he makes a statement, does that put him in a position, huh? Does that put him in a position to correct the body of Christ? But I, I find it interesting that because somebody has uh, thousands of followers, does not mean you, you can have many, many followers on Twitter. You can have so many likes and followers on Facebook. That's, that's your cup of tea, Instagram. So that doesn't make you an authority. Doesn't make you an authority. But 
in this day and age, just open your YouTube channel and just keep speaking. With time, your followership will grow. So that's what is happening. People are releasing things that will confuse people, that will lead to self-deception. So the key is don't speak what you don't believe. Don't speak what you don't believe. Stick to what you believe. Speak what you believe. If you don't want to be deceived, if you don't want to deceive your heart, speak only what you believe. If you don't believe it, keep quiet. You don't have to talk. Come on. So what do you think? What is your opinion on this? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. The journalist comes to me and says, oh, what do you think about this person? I don't think anything. Okay. I have an opinion, but it's not for public consumption. Is that, is that not okay? What are you going to do with my opinion? <laughs> so, I don't want to be deceived. Mighty God, let us pray against self-deception. In any way, in any way, that the enemy is going to uh, lead us to self-deception. Let the Lord show us. In any way that I have been deceived. Hmm? In any way that we have been deceived. Let's pray that God will show us. Amen? Are there things? Are there, are there things that we're doing? that we shouldn't be doing? Are there things we should be doing that we're not doing? Are there ways? Are there things we're denying? You know? Are there sins we're denying <laughs> that we should be repenting of? If you remember, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, if there is a sin we are denying, we say, Lord, show us. Because the, the, the truth is that you can deny, deny, deny it until you become oblivious to it. You don't see it anymore. And that's what the enemy likes. But by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God, the entrance of the Word brings light it gives understanding to the simple. So let light shine in our hearts so that we can see where we've been deceived. Hmm? We can see. Why don't we pray? Come on. Father God, I just pray that you would help us. Help us, oh God. Show us if there is any area in our lives where we have denied sin where we, we are telling ourselves that we have not sinned if there is any area like that show us maybe we have been blinded my Lord and my God help us oh God let me
Show us, Lord. Show us our sin. Show us our sin. My Lord and my God. Let your light shine. The Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. Let your word bring light. Let the light shine in our hearts. Let the light shine in our hearts. Oh God, even in the areas where we are hearing and we are not doing your word, deliver us from self-deception. Deliver us from self-deception. My Lord and my God. Even in the areas where we have been um, deceiving our hearts by our words, by our failure to bridle our tongues, we just say things. We just say things that are not even in line with our conviction. Deliver us from such a trend, from such foolishness. Deliver us from such foolishness. My Lord and my God. Mighty God. Jesus. Jesus, my Lord. Help me. Help me not to be deceived. Lord, my God. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord preserve us from every form of deception. May the Lord sharpen our discerning abilities. May He open our eyes to see every form of deception. Lord, I just ask that you will show us. Sharpen our discerning abilities in the name of Jesus. Give us the tools and the spiritual equipment to detect to discern, oh Father, to accurately see, spot any kind of deception. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.